We are podcasting people, and this is also being simulcast uh, through Facebook. So, um, so welcome to the. Uh, you were the engineer of the old show. Yes. You were behind the I class. Did, I got promoted. You were behind the class, and uh, you know now you have an opportunity. Yeah. So, so let's introduce ourselves. So uh, I'm Nick Esposito of GreaterLongIsland.com, content manager. Content fancy manager. title. Uh, very 2018 title. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm a millennial, remember? Journalist. Yes. Trained journalist, as as am I. And uh, uh, your name again? Uh, Michael White, uh, founder of Greater Long Island, uh, editorial director. Yeah, that sounds good. Nice. That yeah. sounds good. I'm still not going to wear a suit. Yeah, yeah no suits. <laughs> Um, Only when we win awards, we wear suits. Yes, that's correct. Earlier this year, we won second best website uh, news website on Long Island from the Long Island Press Club. We, we bested Newsday. Uh, yep, we Newsday. Bested Newsday. Channel 12 bested us. Yes. But I would say we're in very good company. Yes. Top three on the island. Top three on the island. Congratulations again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've been celebrating that for months. Yes. Um, you can see there's pizza in the background. Yeah. Oh, we didn't clean. We didn't clean the pizza. Clean up behind us. Also behind <laughs> us. Uh, not good for this. not. Yeah, not good for radio. You but. can't see this on the podcast, but anyone tuning in on Facebook, we have all our video products over the years playing behind us. Uh, some sponsored commercial content, uh, some broadcast style. Am I moving this mic around? Too yeah, much? you're moving a little bit too much. I talk with my hands. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, Real some, Italian. Some broadcast. I'll just hold it like a candle. Yeah, look at like me. Like, like a I just light vigil. I just just hold it one hand and just look cool. Yeah, you're holding it really hard. Yeah, that's like how it sounds. White weird. knuckle. <laughs> so white knuckle. Uh, he's kind of nervous. He's right? he's gripping the mic like <laughs> like he's gonna attack someone. <laughs> well, we're getting mic stands. They're on layaway. Five dollars a week should be about another twelve months. <laughs> but once we get them, I won't have to worry about gripping the mic too hard out of nerves <laughs> but uh yeah so nick welcome 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 to the hot seat yes this is fun um so yeah so let's uh let's, let's, let's chat man yeah let's talk a little bit about uh what greater long island is i think you know many people out there they follow our content but they don't know maybe the origin of how this whole concept came came to came to life oh very good um and i will say uh you know, we're, we're everywhere, right? So we're podcasting, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, we're not really doing Snapchat, but we have our newsletters, and uh, and then we have all our different websites, Greater Bayshore, Greater Patch, Greater Babylon, Greater Port Jeff, <clears throat> and people don't understand that this is all one company. Yeah, and it's, it's real funny, because out there, when we're on the field, sometimes people are like, oh, Greater Port Jeff. Oh, that's an awesome Instagram account. You guys, you guys write articles, too? Right. What, do you, what do you mean you write articles? I thought you were an Instagram account. People who find us... Uh, in newsletters, I think we only exist in newsletters. <laughs> so if we don't send newsletters for a day or two, um, they're not sure what to do. But you can always go to, to greaterlongisland.com, and from there you can access any of our websites. Everything that you're seeing in our newsletters, on Facebook, and on Instagram, they hit our websites first. So um, oh, we also get push notifications too, but they hit our websites first. So even Twitter is a good way to follow mm -hmm. us because um, as soon as we publish something, it goes to Twitter. So anyhow, if you have trouble finding our content, just go to greaterlongisland.com and, and that'll help you out. So um, so how this whole thing start? This started, uh, I, I had been in journalism for over 15 years at the time. Uh, I have journalism degrees from, from Delaware, Columbia University. I worked at uh, a, a Maryland daily newspaper, um, the New York Post, the Daily News, and I worked for a Times Review News Group out east on, uh, on the North Fork. Yeah, just, you know, newspapers my whole entire career. But I lived over here. And... Um, I lived in Bellport, and I would drive through and hang out in Patchogue a lot. And what I saw they were doing in Patchogue 
it struck me as uh, like a small city they were building here, and uh, I don't think I'm alone in saying that. I know yeah. there's a push, ongoing push right now to to establish Patchogue in the 11772 area code as a as Suffolk County's first city. I think it would be the first city in New York State in decades. Um, but it struck me as a consumer of news and a and a and a, a news writer and editor and reporter that. Um, any small, any city of any size really usually has like a Metro Daily newspaper. Yeah, of course. And I have a background in daily news, so um, I had an idea to create a, a sort of Metro Daily style newspaper uh, that would publish articles throughout the day, every day. <clears throat> um, but like any Metro Daily, it would be have a focus on the downtown area. Um, and then you know, sort of pull from the surrounding areas. So that's how we came up with. I came up with the concept or the the slogan, the tagline for the people of Patchogue and its suburbs, yeah. um, because I wanted I wanted it to feel like a city. I wanted to establish that sort of city coverage feel. area and that feel. Um, one thing so, that yeah. was one thing that was just so interesting to me because. When I come across, because I went to journalism school, I learned uh, you know all about journalism, and I've come from more of a multimedia era. You you've worked in newspapers. You're like a hardcore newspaper person, you know, your whole life. So uh, was it like hard for you to like you know ditch like the hardcore you know paper in hand and be like you know, let's take this online? Because there's a lot mm -hmm. of journalists that I've met that are like ah, it's online. It's not real news. It's just uh, MySpace or. Yeah, I've learned you can't get too attached to things. Yeah. You know, life has changed. Was that like a weird thing for you? Uh, no, you know, it wasn't a weird thing because when I was out east, we had a great team um, running the newspapers in South Hold and Riverhead, and we we started to run our websites as if they were daily news operations. Yeah. So even though we had the challenge of putting out that a great newspaper every Thursday, um, in between we, we ran the paper. So we had coverage 24-7 basically. Uh, if, if there was a, a huge fire or a car crash, we had people at the scene calling into a reporter or an editor who'd be filing the stories in real time. So I had already been uh, fully embracing the online thing. Um, I didn't have the funds to start a newspaper, yeah. so this seemed to make sense. Uh, but one thing I, I didn't do, and I had a, a newborn and a two-year-old, not even two-year-old at the time, one thing I didn't do was <clears throat> I decided I wasn't going to chase breaking news um, and crime and political races, and I, and I knew I couldn't. I didn't have the resources. Uh, I had fatigue from it, I will say that. Because oh, yeah. um, then, then you're missing, you know, you know, dinner. You're missing holidays. You're you're yeah. all over the place too. Yeah, and it's time. yeah. If it's you know, if I'm home with my children or it's one in the morning and uh, I have to get them to school the next day, you know, it just didn't seem feasible. And it, well, my last position at the Daily News, I worked in the police bureau. I'd been a everywhere I went, I got typecast as like a cop. Mm -hmm. You know, like you look like a cop, you should mm -hmm. be on the police beat. Um, so I was kind of fatigued for a minute as well, but. Um, I was a little nervous about how my fellow journalists would take that. So it's a newspaper without hard news, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, and crime, you know, we don't really do the police blotter stuff because honestly, and I, you know, and this is a critique of the industry, really, and I'm fine saying it. Um, it's easy to just take what the police send you in a in a in a press release. Um, and write that this person was charged with whatever, put their photo out there, and move on with your life. Yeah. Um, How many times do you see a uh, police walk and a journalist yeah. just sticks a camera in your face? Why did you do it? Why did yeah, you do yeah, it? Yeah. Like, I mean, did he do it? 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the journalist is trained because I come from a news background, a broadcast news background. I worked for News 12 a while. Um, you know, if this person's connect, uh, convicted or whatever, not even, you know, he just got arrested, and journalists are still going to stick their mic in their face and be like, did you do it? Right. That's correct. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, some states uh, actually don't uh, allow for perp walks. Yeah. Um, I had covered at the Daily News, we had covered. Uh, perp walk of a, a janitor who got accused of something, you know, horrific with a nine-year-old girl, and it turned out that the girl was had made it up or something like that, and the charges would drop pretty quickly. But this guy's perp walk, and for, for people who don't know, that's when the cops sort of walk the uh, accused across and then <laughs> parade the accused in front of the media. Basically, yeah, is what it is. Pretty much. Um, and uh, and this, you know, this guy ended up suing the NYPD, and um, so I can see why a lot of police departments don't do it. Um, but they want to they want to show when they make a good collar. Yeah. Um, they certainly want to show that off. So I, I understand that side of it too. So. Um, but what, what was it like to you, like for you, when you set up this whole you know system? It starts working, right? Um, and people kind of take uh, a liking to that there is no hard news involved with it. I know. I know. Was that the was that the point in the beginning with? Well. Um, I, I like the idea of not covering hard news because, as I was saying, if you if you if you want to blast out that someone got arrested, if you want to do this right, and the only way I know how, you know, you're supposed to follow that court that case through the courts. You're supposed to reach out to the lawyers, get reactions, and not what most news you know shops do, and that just rewrite the press release and send it out and and move on with your life. You know, I just I don't think that's right, honestly. Um, so I knew I didn't want to do that stuff anymore, and. Um, and I didn't really have time to do it. So what happened was, when you when you strip away the political sort of mudslinging, and you strip away the the dewees and the uh, and the police blotter items, what you're left is a lot of what you're left with is a lot of sort of uh, constructive, you know, news. People who are yeah, you know, writing going on in the area. Yeah, you end up writing about ingenuity. People coming up with ideas that are taking off. Uh, restaurants open, businesses opening, um, events you know, going on. Events going on that people love our coverage of. Uh, decisions that are made in, in village halls and town halls, um, development projects. Uh, I would like us to get more into town hall, but it's just, you know, it take, takes a lot of those <laughs> meetings go on forever. Um, Apparently not the town of Babylon, though. Yeah, the town of Babylon we hear is very quick. So, you know, we'll, <laughs> we got we to hit we'll those appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so what you're left with is a lot of good news, so to speak. And I didn't launch the website saying I want this to be a good news website. Yeah, yeah. No I just launched it saying I wanted yeah. it to be a news website, but I'm not going to do breaking news. And... Uh, I was a little self-conscious of that, but the way I told myself, and this is how we've executed, if there is a fatal crash, uh, you know, on Sunrise Highway, which there are, yeah, um, we're not going to be at the scene. But if, a year later, um, there's a big fundraiser at, you know, at, uh, you know, Painter's Restaurant in Brookhaven or, or wherever. Um, you know, we'll be we'll be there to help spread the word. Yeah, and know? I think that's worked out well for us because there's been multiple occasions where that happened. Uh, uh, case in point, uh, when the South Shore paddleboards went down, uh, that there, there's a big fire out in uh, in Babylon Village. South Shore paddleboards, uh, you know, right there on Main Street, uh, they went up in flames with their neighboring places. And then we weren't there on scene four o'clock in the morning reporting about the fire. But you know, later in the day, a friend uh, of the owner set up a GoFundMe account. We were there. We said we uh, we spread the news, and uh, anything we could do to, to help spread and help them, it worked out for them. Right, right. Yeah, constructive, very constructive community journalism is what I, I hope that we provide to our readers. You know, 
and uh, a lot of it's fun stuff. Yeah. Let's be honest, you know. Yeah, a lot of it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think kegs and eggs, hanging out eating breakfast. Oh, it's actually playing behind us right now. Yes, yeah, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, so we also have a show called Kegs and Eggs where where Nick and I uh, we go to. Um, and we we try to set up our videos sort of like they're like Food Network HGTV style shows. Even our paid content. Put that phone on mute. You know, I just want to make sure no one's texting us to say like, <laughs> "Wow, wow, this is coming out crappy." We sound out of whack. <laughs> we'll sit up straight. You yeah, know, so again, you, you work on that, and I'll kind of explain what Kegs and Eggs is. So it's a, a TV show style uh, food video, you know, food show that we try and yep. uh, create. And it's just me and Mike having a good time. We go to different restaurants, different breakfast eateries, and uh, any any breakfast that we have, we kind of chase it down with their their local brew, their local craft beer, and it's uh, been going pretty good so far. Not kind of, we we chase it down with yeah. beer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's cool because well, I, I do I do more of the chasing, you do more of the sipping. Yeah, that's true. You have chugged <laughs> chugged the JTs. I didn't know you had that in you, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, so we want to launch more of those shows in the future for sure. Uh, different. Um, different approaches to to local community activity that's fun and and uh, and engaging mm -hmm. and um and uh and interesting and and evolving all right so let's turn this around yeah. so when did you meet me let's talk about talk, talk about my background with this company yes yeah, so uh i had beef uh, i had developed a relationship with uh with the head of the journalism department at st joseph's professor college phillips professor phillips and um and uh, basically, I had needed someone on the fly to cover a uh, a football. Were you familiar with the company before this, by the way? No, it's I had fine. no idea. Yeah, no idea. <clears throat> um, Actually, I wasn't skeptical. I was a little bit skeptical because I and um, this is the first time you're telling me this, by the way. Yeah, I was skeptical because uh, so I just get an email from my professor like, "Hey, this guy wants to hire you. He's going to pay you a few bucks to do it." And for me, I'm like, no one any freelance job that's like for like a new upcoming journalist um they're not gonna pay you or they're oh, not gonna wow. pay you on time right, right right so i was like you know what i'm just gonna do it just because why not it doesn't hurt me at all and so i didn't do it for whatever money it was and uh yeah continue and i paid you on time yeah you did you did pay me on time i, I try to pay people like that night if I yeah because I, I i worked so a little bit about me so during college i worked for uh the lo local radio station li news radio i worked there for about three years where i was doing production on air stuff um that was great and awesome but i always wanted to be on the broadcast side of great things. and awesome great and awesome it was fun i hope I, you talk about us like that yeah no it, it, it was a good time because uh the experience yeah sure. um, absolutely yeah it was it was hustle and bustle uh we were doing like breaking news stuff no, nothing too crazy but you had to be there five o'clock in the morning for the for the morning shows and you had to get you know breaking news from other news outlets and uh, there wasn't much reporting on scene but the radio station was a 24 cycle yeah. you know, company um so that was that's a pretty much uh like a mom and pop radio company and they're all local people long islanders that own it it's not like this big conglomerate so yes, that was which pretty is very cool so i learned a lot from them but my goal was always to be in broadcast journalism i always wanted to be on the big screen so i, I segued over i was doing a lot of freelance stuff a lot of freelance i was doing a lot of sports reporting a couple uh websites online and then that's when you kind of hit me up and um so it was a, there was a miscommunication too somewhere along that along yeah, that so email chain. I had chain. asked you too. Uh, I had emailed your professor to ask if there's anyone who can cover the last game of the Bayshore uh, Little League football Wee football yeah. <clears throat> because uh, there was a special needs uh, captain that they had and um, who had really 
really uh, ingratiated himself to the entire team and they wanted to honor him in a special way and uh, and we wanted to tell that story I wanted to tell that story but I was in New Hampshire at my brother's of uh, of this this these these children and and how they were accepting and learning from one another and and uh, and it's just a great story and I thought it would be a great video a broadcast style video so I had reached out to your professor to see if anyone had broadcast style experience and um, he never told me that you were going. I yeah. never heard back from anyone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, I, my professor, great guy, but it wasn't great with the fast response on the emails. <laughs> yes. That's so, how he got out of the newspaper thing. Yeah. So, so he, they could put so their he, phone down for a minute. So he emailed me, uh, or maybe forwarded me your email saying that you needed someone. Yep. And then I emailed the professor like, hey, you know, did you find someone or whatever? And I didn't get a response. And then I was like, you know what? It was like the day before I didn't get a response, and I was like, I'm just gonna go. What's the worst that could happen? If there's someone there, there's someone there. Uh, but I just went there, showed up, and I was like, I'm with this online news thing called GreaterBayshore.com. And then I was, it, it, me and football have a good connection. So like I was talking to all the football coaches because I played football in high school. I won the Long Island Championship. Newfield. Newfield represent 2011. <laughs> Full back yeah, line. We're going to mention that in every episode. Yeah, yeah. Like guns. <laughs> Maybe no, so I, I, I always had a liking to football, and I know what it does community-wise and, you know, character building for these kids so I was like so it was like a win-win for me so I just went down there started talking to the coaches and then you know we did the story but the greatest part about it was they didn't think the kid's name was Jackson mm -hmm. the special needs uh, captain and he wasn't even supposed to show up that day actually and just like it all just lined up so yeah. I just I just did I was like they were like it's a really he wasn't feeling well that day oh is that what happened he said he wasn't feeling great so I was like you know what I'll just film some stuff and if he shows up he shows up because I could have just packed it up and went home and was like you know what we tried it was great it was so, great I, so I I, I stayed there and then he came and then the kids were awesome. They got they were they were chump. They they were they won the game, but they were more excited when Jackson came afterwards. Afterwards, so yeah. that was that was awesome. It was very hard. And you got in the huddle with them. Yeah, and we raised our hand together. Wonderful piece of broadcast but, journalism. And it's just great looking back at it now because after that point, Mike, me, me and Mike had a great conversation. Like, hey, you know, this is kind of an upstart thing. We we're very small at the time, and he wanted to convert. He was hiring a lot of freelancers at the time to do on, work on different projects. Which was tough to manage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know when his stories are coming in or if they're coming in at all. And um, at the same time, I was still very skeptical of Mike because I was like, I mean, even though he paid me on time, I was like, oh, that's awesome. He seems like a really nice guy. And we had a good connection on the phone. But I'm like, you know, this is still like a small little thing. I don't even know if he's really serious about it. So I was like, you know, you know just play it play by day by day. Yeah. And you're like, you know, uh, maybe one day we could, you know, get you on one or two days a week. And then so we did that. And then but while I was doing that, I was working at News 12. I got a job at News 12 being a photojournalist uh, in the city. Which is a grind in itself. Yeah. You know, I was doing uh, you know broadcast stuff. Uh, you know, I was doing perp walks. I was doing uh, you know uh, bees bees attacks. Oh yeah, that is one funny anecdote. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I guess we can get into it now. Yeah. Right? How much time we've we been doing this? All right, twenty minutes. All right, so we can get into it now. So there's this one funny story where they're like, so there's a lot of hustle and bustle when it's in the news industry, especially in the city. Um, you get the police reports all the time and then your, you know, your news desk sends you to whatever it is. And like, you know, you can get three or four stories in a day. You can get one or two, whatever it may be. I was coming back to the station from one story. I don't really remember it was. And they were like, there's this, um, there's some issue with some bees at this lady's house. And you know, the, you know, the tenant is in, um, you know, 
is complaining. You Doesn't know. exactly sound like breaking. It, yeah, it wasn't really. News. It, it wasn't really breaking news, but it was something where like the tenant was complaining, and the super super you know the superintendent wasn't doing anything about right, it. Right. So I, we were going there to kind of expose the issue, and I was like, all right, whatever. They never asked me if I was allergic to bees. I didn't know if it was going to be like whatever. So I go no, inside. No news that it would ask if you're allergic. So to I knew it was a problem right away when I pull up to this place, and, <laughs> and the doors creak open, and the elevator doesn't work. The elevators, so I got to carry my camera, my tripod, all the all that gear, all the way up these stairs, and then they put me into this little tiny apartment, really tiny. Um, if it was, uh, it was probably the same. You can't really see our office, but we got a. Yeah. How many square foot do you think this office is? Thirty thousand. <laughs> the studio is about three hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was a very tiny apartment, and then some some lady was just like pointing me in the direction. They're like, in this room, in this room. I was like, all right, whatever. So I go. What and, were you expecting to see? Like a couple uh, yellow jackets? Yeah, a couple yellow jackets or something. Yeah, yeah. I go in there, and they're like, close the door behind you. I close the door behind you. And oh, um, there was a beekeeper in there. And he's in the garb, right? He's got the, the head mask thing. Like, he's got the whole white suit going on. He's with there with a helper. He's, like, spraying stuff everywhere. I look up. There's, like, a huge hole. Huge hole. They ripped up the whole uh, ceiling. And uh, I was like, <laughs> so I got my my job was to, to interview people on the scene and to shoot B roll of these bees. B roll, <laughs> B rolls of the oh, bees. B puns. <laughs> and the guy, I'm like, I'm like, he's he's like, yeah, they they usually don't bite. I was like, okay, that's okay, I guess. It's but like, should I be counterintuitive? In, yeah, I'm like, should I be in one of these things? He's like, yeah, we don't have an extra one. <laughs> they don't bite. I'm draped in a he, suit of armor. Yeah, pretty much. They don't bite. And then I asked him, I'm like, how many are here? He's like, I don't know, maybe like. 10, 20, 30,000 bees. I was like, 30,000 bees? I, I, I was just, oh, I was in awe. Because, like, the real problem with these bees are is if they bite you and you're allergic, you could just die. And yeah, no one, no one warned me. Girl. Yeah. I, I've, I've been bitten by a bee, so I know that I wasn't allergic, mm -hmm. but my news desk never even asked me. No, they don't, they don't care. They just care that you're a warm body and you can get there fast. Yeah. That's one thing I know about news desks. And then, so when I'm walking out of this place, there's just bees all over me, <laughs> all over my camera. Like, I was just wow. finding them in my shirt. And they weren't biting. No, they weren't biting. Wow. But I, the, the one really bad part about it was just, just, there's just honey everywhere. So I was just so sticky. Oh, honeybees? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. There was just, I was just so sticky. Oh. Is that honey or is that like... Uh, I don't know. Whatever they... Whatever the, is on their bodies. I don't know. I was just sticky and it was <laughs> gross. Gross. <laughs> it's amazing. These Some of these supers in, uh, in these like slummy apartment buildings oh, in the yeah. city, they will just ignore every little complaint oh, that yeah. anyone has. You know? Did not care And that's, the, that's their... Uh, and a lot of them live in mansions on the Gold Coast of yeah. Long Island. Yeah. You know? So, that, yeah. So, that was just to bring it all back. Um, you know... I, Meaning I, the owners of these buildings. Not no, no, no. To bring it all back to, to Greater Long Island. Um, so I was kind of like in with Mike's situation where he was in the Daily News and he was a, a cop police reporter, uh, you know, beat reporter. And uh, yeah, that grind, that wasn't, I really liked news in the industry because there was a lot of stories that I did do in News 12 that were constructive and they helped spotlight stuff going on in the area, community building stuff. And, uh, you know, so when he, you know, he brought, you know, we continued our relationship and it kind of all made sense to start working together more and more and kind of bring my skill sets of being a broadcast, you know, journalist and, you know, his with more of like writing and, you know, regular newspapers and more traditional uh, journalism. It, it kind of was like a good combination between the two. Excellent. Excellent. I love the idea of having, you know, broadcast style segments. I knew I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even have the time to learn. And it worked out. In front of the camera, it worked out that I had my own equipment and stuff too. <laughs> Absolutely. What's funny when you went to Bayshore, 
uh, I didn't know you were there. And I get an email later that day from one of the parents. And they say, oh, your reporter asked about this and maybe gave me an answer. And I'm like, I have a reporter. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, well, I'm like, I, I didn't know I had a reporter. Never mind, had a reporter at your event today. She's like, well, you sent someone there, and he was wearing a suit. I'm like, oh, that's a good sign. <laughs> and then you, you had gotten in touch with me uh, afterwards. The, the so. best part about it was I think that you showed your mother the video, and she's like, this is great or something, and you, yeah. like, told me that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you just mom just kept watching the video over and over. And, and it's, it's hard just, yeah, to it's impress my mom in that way. <laughs> 15 years of journalism, I'm not sure she's ever read one of my articles. Yeah, but she watched my video three times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She did. You know what's funny? All those years of Daily News, front cover stories, um, pull out spreads. No one in my rarely would I get any feedback from anyone I knew. But if I was on News 12, like in the background of a press conference, just <laughs> oh, no, there's scribbling my, notes, awesome. and my phone would blow up. Like I was some superstar. I'm like, what? This this is just like a little dinky story. I just happened to be on TV. People, yeah. come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's something about television, and uh, and I think it's wonderful that um, we've incorporated all this this the broadcast, the video. Um, you know, I would love, like I said about starting Greater Patchogue, I wanted it to have a feel like a Metro Daily newspaper because you know we don't we we've always lacked that on Long Island. Uh, we have Newsday, but Newsday covers sprawl, 140 miles of sprawl. Um, so it's hard to, you know, the Daily News, for instance, something happens in Times Square, car mounts the sidewalk in Times Square, it hits a couple people, minor injuries. That's like front cover news, you know. Yeah. Anything that happens in a city center at a Metro Daily is much bigger news than when it happens like on the outskirts. And that's what I wanted to create because I feel like people have a richer connection with their Metro Dailies. Else, elsewhere in the country, I've found that. Um, where I went to school in Wilmington, Delaware, the News Journal, people people had a nice connection with that with that paper, and they would they would report a lot on the business activity in the downtown, but also pull from the surrounding areas and write about human interest stories yeah. and 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 features. And is a landlord going to come in? Should we lock the door? I don't know. Looks like um, someone's trying to come in. <laughs> we'll have special guests here, landlords, mailmen. <laughs> Look forward to that. Um, so basically, uh, I launched Greater Patchogue, and I quit my old job June 10th. I had three. I had the site already built and all finances, everything else in place, and then I had uh, three weeks to 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 load up the website with content. I had about space for 20 stories because when I w unveiled the website, I wanted it to be filled with stories. Yeah, to make um, it op operational. Yeah. So um, those three weeks, I I loaded up all the social media feeds, create a little intrigue about Greater Patchogue, and then um, when I unveiled the website on July 1st, 2015, it just just skyrocketed. I mean, I could not believe the numbers. Yeah. These these were you know well written, well reported, involved stories. They were. Um, oops, phone turn. The horn. <laughs> uh, I thought I muted that thing. Um, it's all right. So you know, not to toot my own horn, but these are professionally written, you know, uh, news stories, written in a chatty, engaging way. Uh, you know, a sort of daily news style. And I couldn't believe how much it took off right away. Um, it took a little while. To start making money that's another whole story but um well that's they usually say businesses take one to five years to start turning profits right yeah they do that's, say that um so that makes so, sense so uh yeah so so it just went crazy and and then from there uh i was having a conversation with john murray over at Kilwins in patchogue and i told him i'm thinking about you know wouldn't it be cool to create another grader somewhere and he got his uh, cousin mike on the phone who owns local burger and 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 finley's and penny pub and bayshore 
and said, hey, you familiar with Greater Patchogue? And Mike already knew about the site. And he, John told Mike that, you know, he's looking to expand somewhere. And Mike said, get him down to Local Burger, like, now. You know, yeah. so the next day we went down to Bayshore. And, um, and Mike, we met Anthony uh, Tartaglia over at Verde. And those guys said Bayshore could really use something like this. So a year later, we launched Greater Bayshore. It's around the same time you came in. Yep. And then from there, um, same, same thing. People in West Isla, Babylon wanted their own site. People up in Port Jeff wanted a site. So then we... Uh, then we pretty rapidly expanded from two sites to four. Yeah, and, and I always felt one of the the better things that we do compared to a Newsday or whatnot is we we are two Long Island guys, born and raised, love our communities. Um, we felt like a lot of these Newsday journalists or whatnot or people working in the industry kind of like use it as a stepping stone to yes. get to a different place or, or you know not to you know beat down on them a lot, but a lot of the Newsday reporters that I've met over time weren't even Long Island natives. A lot of them were Correct. living in the city or maybe moved from somewhere else, yeah. and they were kind of just trying to get that stepping stone do- job into a bigger paper in the city or Washington Post or right. Whatever. And that's that's the nature of the industry. Um, you know, everyone's getting trying to get of somewhere course. else. Yeah, it's like when I was working at News 12. Um, you know, a lot of those News 12 reporters. Uh, their goal wasn't to stay at News 12. It was to get to ABC, NBC, right. you know, get, get to a bigger network, ESPN, if they wanted to do in the sports world. So, yeah. One so. of my professors at uh, Columbia had said, he talked about the industry. He talked about New York Times, for example. He said, you know, the, the, the copy editors want to be reporters. And the uh, the reporters for the Metro section want to report for the National section. And reporters for the National section want to be foreign correspondents. And the correspondents want to be uh, want to be you know, the, the heads of their departments. And he said, basically what you find is no one's happy at the entire newspaper <laughs> except these four people, you know, who have these jobs that everyone wants, you know. Yeah. So it is the nature of the industry. People do, um, people want to make names for themselves at s- smaller papers and want to get to bigger papers. So people in Newsday want to get to the Washington Post and people at Post want to get to Times. Um, what that does have, what, what happens is, you know, you do get some reporters who get overzealous because, you know, they are trying to, to 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 make a name for themselves and sometimes their judgment can get clouded um but you know for the most part everyone is responsible and trained well but uh yeah i like that if i feel like we're long islanders talking to long islanders and you know i feel like a lot of newspapers lack that where the reporters are went to school elsewhere lived elsewhere and they're not gonna be around for a while you know Uh, you know unless they become editors and eventually familiarize themselves with the areas i always said personally i would want to mix um uh, you know, frankly, I feel like Newsday's, uh, you know, I rarely meet any reporter that's grown up on Long Island. I know of one or two. Um, I, I think I, I think you need a mix. I, I think you need people that grew up in the area, and I think you need people that have really fresh eyes about an area who, who are noticing things that um, that that locals may not notice yeah. or, or, or take a liking to or a fancy mm-hmm. to or, or an interest in. Um, so I think you, you need a mix. I think it was E.B. White, the, uh, if that's his name, the author at Charlotte's Web, who spoke about, like, there's three New York cities. There's three New Yorks. There's the, the Bridge and Tuttle people that just go in. They want to get out as soon as they can. There's people who grew up in New York City. And then there's the third type. <laughs> three what strikes, you're out. going on? My, All right, so Mike had his phone going off. Uh, I think that was the number one rule was to have your phone on silent. Look. He, he got a text message, phone call, and another text message. It says mute. Riddle me that. All right, well, maybe turn it off. And then there's the third... You can never turn it. The news never stops. <laughs> what if there's a, a an accident on Sunrise Highway? Um, <laughs> then we'll get to it later we'll with a fundraiser. Watch the ambulances drive by. Yeah. Uh, no, cough a bit. Um, yeah. And then the third New Yorker, the people that um, 
you know came from elsewhere and they're experiencing it for the first time and they're in love with the place and and uh, you know and according to to this article i remember reading it 20 years ago or or essay you know that's you know you, you need that sort of combination to to make things tick and to make things work so i think any healthy newsroom will have a good mix but uh i don't know i don't see us uh finding talent from dc or yeah. or uh pennsylvania moving to to long island you just got to work for us yeah not yet but you never know <laughs> sure but uh interesting question that i've always had was like usually when you think about journalism business isn't really involved unless you're a business focused journalist you know uh so what is it like being a business owner and a journalist that was um it's interesting and it's fun and it's challenging and because that's like a whole that's a whole other career right yeah and responding to emails has it takes <laughs> up most of my time but uh yeah I'm, I'm getting a kick out of it you know that um you know you get to know um at first, I was just writing. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say you don't get into journalism for the money. Well, that's not necessarily why we started this project or you started this project. Not at all. But, but business is a part of it. Mm -hmm. That's how you survive. That's how you grow a company. So go ahead, continue. Yeah. So you know, I, the business thing is uh, is great. I mean, it's invigorating. It's challenging. It's nerve wracking. It's paranoia. You know, you always want to be out in front. Um, you never want to feel as if you're getting you know left in the dust as far as uh, your products go. Um, you want to uh, you want to do the right by you want to do right by your by your clients and your customers, and and you want to do right by your readers. So we always say first and foremost, this is a, a reader first product. So our first um, our first loyalty is to our readers because those are the people that give us the website traffic. Those are the people that read and share our stories and. And on the flip side of that, I shouldn't say a first loyalty, but to, for the business to work, the readers have to come first. And um, no and clickbait from there, stuff. No. Yeah, no clickbait stuff. No, like write a story about us because we paid you money. That does not happen. Yeah, no advertorials. Yeah, and if 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 we have a client who who needs something like that, and we feel like we could help them, um, but it's not exactly news, then we'll just label it as sponsored content. Um, so uh, so we do do some of that. We have sponsored events. But we try and keep it fun, too. We try to keep it in that chatty style. It's not like we're printing or, or posting like a, an advertisement. Yeah, so, you know, the, the few times we do have sponsored content, we, we still try to make an engaging piece of – Of course. Uh, a post out of it, yeah. you know. So anyway, people will click it. Yes, exactly. Some of our sponsored content does better than our news content, yeah. which is wild. But uh, Or if someone's out of the coverage area. So great, uh, Greater Patchogue covers – you know, six, you know, three school districts, basically, uh, if something's out of the coverage area, um, like the goldfish safety, uh, the goldfish swim school that opened in center reach, that that'd be a new story if it happened in our coverage area. We just don't cover center reach. So, center reach, you know, we, we, we told them we would write something for, you know, basically as an advertisement. Uh, but then people are tagging each other like, Hey, Marge, did you know about this? And you know, it's helpful. So, um, you know, we try to be helpful. We try to be constructive. We try to be interesting. Uh, but as far as the business goes, first and foremost, we need traffic to the site. So to get traffic to the site, you got to create engaging, uh, well-written content with great photography and video and um, and once that's happened once that happens then we could we could serve up our ads to those readers and let the local businesses um, let local people you know know what's happening remind them that they're there or, or create a brand awareness and and all that and all that good stuff and I guess my point is I'm really getting a kick out of of that side of things mm -hmm. you know helping small businesses and uh, and I love nothing more than when someone emails me and says, hey, because of your email blast, because of 
you know, because of this big ad or because of your video, uh, we felt an immediate, you know, you know, bump and 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 that certainly happens when we when we write about new businesses opening, yeah. you know. So let me let's let's see your point of view now. So when I started working for you, or we were in we were in talks and conversations, right? Uh, I was skeptical of you. Right. As a human being? Yeah, you were kind of shady. No, I'm just kidding. No, it <laughs> I just, would never I, look him in the eye. No, just, you know, uh, the opportunity that that it was sure. b- back in the, you know, it was like two back years in ago. The day. Two years, all the way back in the day. <laughs> I was like 20. Yes. Now it's like 21. Yes. Whatever. Sure. Besides, now, the, we, can now, now we can drink beers together right across from the brewery that's coming soon. Um, but, you know, being a business owner and hiring your first employee, were you at all like, skeptical of that? That whole process, or what did you think of having me work one or two days a week? You're like, well, yeah. I mean, we started off one day a week, and then uh, it was it was a big deal when I told you that we were going to work two days a week, and uh, and then you know we we met and they said, oh, it's week, this is day one, and then tomorrow you're going to be doing this, and then you said, oh, I can't do tomorrow. It's my girlfriend's birthday, <laughs> so I said, is that is that really what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, it's your girlfriend's birthday all day. <laughs> So at that moment, I was a little skeptical. <laughs> I was like, this is a, kind of a big deal for me, putting you on Monday, Tuesday. But uh, you ended up... Um, Come on, bro. I had big plans. <laughs> you ended up going to... Um, I said, oh, but Nick, we got this story, man. You know, the Craft Cares, the Long Island um, Craft Beer uh, uh, Week is, is brewing the uh, brewing their fundraiser food drive beer at Blue Point. He said, oh, I think I can make that. I said, you know what? Let's meet in the middle. You work a half day. And then tomorrow, working, you know, Wednesday, work another half day. But you ended up working a full day. But, uh, but no, I wasn't skeptical of you at all. Um, I mean, just like I've worked with so many young journalists, um, and uh, I knew that once you filed stories that were clean and they were quick and that they didn't have holes in the stories, and I say this a lot, uh, this is too small a business to have people find, filing stories that have holes in them. And by holes, I just mean... Anything that a reader would would not make sense of, yeah. you know. And if you have a question after you're re- done reading an article, the article didn't do its job. Exactly. At least hyperlink to the answer, or, or if there's something someone says at the beginning that conflicts with something they say toward the end, and I'm trying to call you to be like, what the heck is this? Which one is it? <laughs> yeah. And the, now I can't get in touch with these reporters. It's it makes my job almost impossible. So, um, so other than your girlfriend's birthday, <laughs> you wanted your first day of the job off. Um, <laughs> I got to tell Juliet that story too. Um, uh, other yeah, than that, there's usually uh, not many holes, right? Other than that, yeah, names are spelled right, no holes. Anthony Stonybrook, though, that was funny. On time. What was that? A- Anthony Stonybrook. Yeah, but tell me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was recent, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm still skeptical of you. relationship. You called someone Anthony Stonybrook. I'm like. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a lead to a story about Stony Brook football, like a player or something. or uh, No, it, it was... Uh, One of their best no, players, that guy. No, no, no. It was like a, a, Stony Brook basketball, a Stony Brook basketball player who signed with the NBA, NBA G League affici- uh, affiliate Yes, team. correct, yes. So I was like, another Stony Brook graduate makes the pros was the lead. And then I guess I accidentally wrote Anthony Stony Brook makes the pros or something. And then you're like, Nick, I read this whole article. And I'm like, who the hell is Anthony Stony Brook? Because you don't mention him anywhere else but in the lead. I'm Googling it. I'm trying to do research. Anthony Stony Brook. Like, wow, this guy must have been big time. They just His nickname was Stony Brook, you know? It's like John Ohio State. Like, you got to be good, you know? Johnny, we can't publish this until we figure out who Anthony Stony Brook is. Because I, I, how did that even? Because it was just an, your notes. No, I just wrote an, uh, anything or another, but I wrote Anthony. But I guess uh, <laughs> I, I don't gotcha, know. I got you. I got you. I, know, I was another and Anthony. 
Yeah, you know, they're close, it, I guess. Yeah, auto-corrected. <laughs> but no, man, uh, it's it's been awesome. I'm happy about the podcast. Uh, we we had nine episodes that yeah. we did with uh, with Tom Wonk, who was great. Awesome guy. Um, love Tom Wonk. Love floats, even though oh, I've never yeah. taken one. But you've told me I great stories. I float all the time. He just gave me some CBD oil. Uh, I was just talking to uh, another person about CBD oil, what what that's doing for his uh, his mother who has cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah, so it's a perfect time. So let's segue into what the 495 is going to be going forward. What is our goals? What are we trying to do, trying to accomplish? with this podcast. Yeah, so, um, you know, our first guest, Becca Hudson, a bartender at, at uh, you know, one of the local restaurants, it was a catch at the time, I think she bartended somewhere else now. Um, she was our first guest, and it was perfect because, you know, we want... Um, we want just regular people on yeah. the show, you know. People we don't want just like a parade of dignitaries or yeah. something. Um, we'll have those talking points, I guess, um, <laughs> or not, <laughs> or not. Hopefully, I mean, yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. But yeah, so um, you know, and then business owners and and uh, and certainly with Tom, we had a sm- sort of building a small business theme going on with a lot of our stuff. Uh, you and I are in the same industry and we're on the same page and we have the same schedule, so it's going to be easier for us. Sorry yeah. to move the mic so much. Um, Glad but you're I catching d- on. But I do want a mix. Forty-five of like, minutes in. I do want a mix of. Uh, <laughs> I do want a mix of, you know, just people like, you know, if we're at, you know, Parabell and we're, you know, you know, BSing with the host there and and we think he's an interesting guy, which he is, by the way. Um, you know, we would invite. We want to invite someone like that onto the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, people that lived, uh, you know, in Bayshore in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, and they could reflect on something happening now that. Mm-hmm. That might be relevant. You know, we want to keep it topical and newsy. And, uh, I mean, it's going to stray a little bit away from our coverage area because this is the 495 podcast. So, Correct. So we'll do anyone of interest that we find on Long Island. Like we, we wanted to interview Terry Novak at, at Rum, the executive chef at Rum. Uh, she's she's a chef in Patchogue, but she she lives in, in yeah. Middle Island. Um, so it all makes sense. The yeah, we're going to interview people who are business owners in Bayshore or in Port Jeff. Yeah. But but they live in Syosset, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why we wanted to name it the four nine five to keep it mm-hmm. to basically keep it all Nassau Suffolk County, um, probably mostly Suffolk because that's where we operate. Um, but we want to mix a local people, just real people doing real mm-hmm. things, which is one of my favorite slogans in journalism. Um, we write about real people doing real things versus you know the the press conferences and the yeah. press release rewrites, um, and I think that's why people do like our stuff. Yeah. Um, but we also want a mix of. Uh, you know, known people. We have a celebrity guest as yeah. our first guest. Yeah, and uh, you lined this guest up, but uh, in my background, I know a lot of, you know, being at the radio station, News 12, and also a lot of freelancing stuff. I did mostly sports freelancing. Uh, I create a lot of uh, contacts, so we're going to try and get a lot of, not a lot of celebrities, but maybe, you know, good amount of celebrities, some professional athletes maybe. That sounds great. Sounds good, right? It's just these people have interesting stories. Uh, you know, is it Chris Varga? Uh, boxer, oh Alex Vargas. Alex Vargas. Um, yeah, he's sorry he's, for botching that. Yeah, that was, that was horrible. <laughs> he looked at me like, "What the?" I was like, "Chris Varga, what?" No, oh, Alex man. Vargas. He's a local uh, boxer who just went pro. He he had his debut at um at the Paramount in Huntington, and yeah. the scene in there is great. I'd never watched the boxing match there. They've been holding boxing matches there for for years now. They they've had some good uh, products come out of there. Chris Algieri, I don't know. If you're into the boxing scene like I am, but Chris Algieri, who I'll go who, see Creed too, but that's, <laughs> Creed two was an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cletus Selden, remember him? The bo- local, sure, yeah, local yeah boxer. of course, yeah. yeah cool. He knocked that other yeah, guy yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. Chris's, he, he can uh, box. Season. He can box pretty. He good. could really swing the gloves. Joe Smith um, Jr. Yeah. No, I have a million questions for the, for those guys because you know boxing isn't what it was in the '80s or '60s or '70s or certainly before that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, what's the end game when you're a professional boxer? What, what type of life do you live? I mean, Kalita still works on the roads, right? He's, he's a, that's he's Joe a, Smith Jr., but yeah. Oh, that's Joe Smith Jr. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I got those confused. It's okay. So, um, their boxes are all the same. <clears throat> yeah, you sports department guys. You, know, <laughs> you got your own little cubby in the corner in the newsroom. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Greg Giannotti is going to be our first guest. I'm looking uh, forward to it. I, I previously interviewed him. You did. And uh, him and I used to live around the block from one another. He's he is sure. the co host of. Uh, of uh, some little sh- TV, uh, TV yeah, radio show. Yeah, some small shop in the city called WFAN. <laughs> He's a morning show host with uh, Boomer Size and another Long Island guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can line him up. What do you think? Yeah. And uh, so we're going to have Greg. He's if we have a- the hot dogs. He's going to have, a- yes, that's right. Uh, but that's a that's a tangent, but uh, yeah. So we're gonna have Greg Giannotti as our first guest. He's excited to be on the show. I saw him at the Blue Point. He's a local guy. Grew up in Bellport. Went to South Country Schools. Lives in Bellport now, and. Um, I saw him at the Blue Point Brewing Company's uh, anniversary concert, which was awesome. And uh, and he, he said he was really excited. He wants to be on the show. So he's going to be our first guest. Uh, Christian Gordino, Pat Med, who's a senior now, uh, of America's Got Talent. who, who Releasing his first album. Yeah, he's uh, releasing first his single, first I'm sorry. single. First single. And he's donating uh, all the proceeds, which is awesome. Donating all the proceeds to the... Um, to the support group that that helped him and his family through his uh, vision problems, his vision issues, and help cure his potential blindness. Uh, amazing kid, um, and uh, yeah, so we have a mix of people like that who are known in the community. We'll have business leaders, educational leaders, um, and uh, anyone that's interesting, and just regular people. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, I'm sure we, we'll have we, some Tuesdays. If we of- see you at the bar and you seem pretty interesting, maybe we'll, we'll uh, invite yeah, you yeah. back to the Four Nine Five podcast. <laughs> and us. And we're uh, and we're we always plan to. Uh, to film these things and put them on Facebook too. So yeah, if it so worked out, yeah, hopefully you guys could see us on Facebook right yeah. now. We tried, we tried, uh, the we'll Facebook see if live. this works, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, what do you think? That's a wrap. Yeah. I think that was a, a good first show, Mike. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to interviewing Greg and getting this thing rolling. And if you guys, anyone has questions or w- wants to learn more about us, you can always email me at Nicholas at greater long Island.com. Email Nick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> I get enough. He gets 300 enough. emails this yeah. weekend after the. Nah, so after you can, if you always want to contact someone easier, it's usually me. I usually get back to you faster than Mike. <laughs> he's doing a lot of things. Uh, yeah, so no, I'm looking forward to it. What's funny is that of all the stories we write, we had, I don't know, 1,300 downloads of our podcast that we did during the summer we didn't even know when we were doing the first nine episodes we didn't know if anyone was even listening to them yeah and it turned out to be a lot of people where we got so many requests from people wanting to be on the show a lot of them had like some product they were looking to hawk and i get it so don't be offended if we say no because we're just kind of we're kind of uh we got inundated with that those type of requests unless it's something crazy that's blowing up well the vinnie access uh vinnie the access uh yeah Baseball is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great. That was number nine. So if you want to reach our podcast, where can you find them right now? Yeah. GreaterLongIsland.com? Yeah, GreaterLongIsland.com. You just got to click our podcast link, and uh, you'll see a, a whole- It's right in the main menu. Yeah, the main menu, you'll see all of our lists of shows, a playlist, and it's also on iTunes at the 495 Podcast, and hopefully we'll get a little bit better technologically, and maybe we get this on- uh, on like uh, Spotify. Spotify, that's a dream, right? Yes, uh, which I think is very easy. I just think we just need to do one Google link. Yeah, and if you have Google an Alexa search. app, could you just connect your Spotify to that and just tell the Echo Dot to? Yeah, because I listen through all my podcasts on Spotify. Yeah. So cool. I don't know. I all right, do that. we're working toward things. It's good to have goals. All right, yeah. All right, thank you so much for tuning in, Nick. Thanks okay. for setting this up, of our course. engineer and co-host, and email answerer. <laughs> uh, and uh, hope to see you guys soon. I've ever felt before In my current state And in these days of war We must grow together Or the end is near Thicken up your skin And loosen up your fears I've been waiting Waiting through my limitations Choosing to move